Coming to you via the internet and your friends at PipesMagazine.com, it's the Pipes Magazine radio show. Cookies aren't cooked, they're baked. Why don't they call them bakies? Damn it, now I want a cookie. Now I invite you to sit back, relax, the smoking lamp is lit. Here's your host, Brian Levine. Welcome, welcome, welcome. It is the Pipes Magazine radio show. Yes, the sometimes irreverent, sometimes educational, but always entertaining weekly broadcast dedicated to all of us adult pipe smokers all around the world. I am your host, Brian Levine, and welcoming you to an exciting episode in tonight's show in Pipe Parts. I'm going to touch a little bit more on the uh, vintage tasting, the the three ages tasting, and I got an answer to a question that was given to me, and I poked around and found it, so I think I've got some ideas there. My guest, Scrap Huntington, pipe smoker, another guitar player, different genre of music, so hang on for that. Mailbag music specifically from Scrap. And we've got our first of the listener commercial, uh, the listener contributions to the show, plus a rant, all that coming up in tonight's episode of the Pipes Magazine radio show. Uh, I'm happy to say football season is over. Apparently it ended a couple of weeks ago because that wasn't much of a game, but... uh, Anybody notice it was uh, Seattle and Denver? Could that have been the uh, the Ganja Bowl or the uh, Maui Wowie Bowl? And apparently Denver's got some better stuff because they look pretty stoned out there. But uh, coming up in a few short weeks, yes, NASCAR is back and uh, the Daytona 500. So excited for racing to get started again. Also, keeping an eye on American Idol and Harry Connick. Yeah, my boy Harry Connick Jr., Reviving Life Back in American Idol. Great to see Harry. And uh, he's not exactly Mr. Nice Guy all the time, but he is uh, entertaining too. Also, the Winter Olympics, I'll be watching a lot of that. Particularly, I'm uh, looking forward to curling. Curling has become one of my favorite sports to watch, especially like the women's curling. But hope all goes well for the Olympics Looking forward to watching those. So, All right, everybody, let's get the show rolling. Sit back, relax, fire up a bowl. Thank you to the Sutliff Tobacco Company, and here we go. This is Internet Radio. I'm not just a pipe smoker. I'm a Meerschaum pipe smoker. All of my pipes come from MeershamStore.com. They've been in business for 50 years, and I can trust that there will be no hassles. Orders are processed and shipped fast, and they have every shape you can imagine, including calabash, claws, dragons, horror, even a sexy series. MeershamStore.com, the most trusted Meersham store for 50 years. There's nothing quite like hunting at dawn or smoking my genuine Missouri Meersham corncob pipe, an American legend since 1869. It's the coolest, smoothest pipe I've ever owned. Check them out at corncobpipe.com. The term one-stop shop is so overused. There's no place that is literally a one-stop shop. Well, guess what? When it comes to your quality tobacco products, there is. It's cupojoes.com. With hundreds of pipe tobacco blends, thousands of pipes in stock, a wide variety of cigars, coffees, accessories, and so much more. All you have to do is go to cupojoes.com, and there it is. Cupojoes.com. Quality products, extraordinary prices. Welcome back. All right, let me try to follow up on a few more things on the uh, three different ages of a Scudo that I tried. First of all, what I look for in a Virginia Perique is that robustness, that big flavor of Perique, the balance of flavor. So what I was finding in the 2006 version was that was starting to tail off already for me. If you like the Virginia Perique to go softer, in my opinion, then yeah, let it age out. I've had some 20, 25, 30-year-old Escudo. It is very good, but after it's aged that long, it's just gotten very different. It's not that same punchiness that I'm used to. It's smoothed out, mellowed out. I think, in my opinion, and I am the leading expert on my own opinion, that smoothing out a blend or letting it age 25 to 30 years 
is not always the best thing for that particular blend. Now, here's where the discussion that I want to get into really for this week goes, and Spartan mentioned it, and his question was, uh, here's a question scenario maybe Brian wants to kick around that shares a loose tie with your Escudo review. We all know how to store tobacco in jars so that it ages well, but how would you suggest you store tobacco if you didn't want it to age? I know pretty much everyone enjoys buying in bulk or 10 plus tins at a time to save a little money, but now you've got all this tobacco, you don't want it to age, but keep very fresh for as long as possible. Suggestions. He goes on into a couple of suggestions. Well, here's what I've done in the past and found out that it doesn't work. I like Virginia Perique blends. So what I thought I would do is do a blend that is... 20% 20% Perique, 80% Virginia. Do another version of that same one that's 12% Perique. Do another version of that that's 8% Perique. Put them in the same size jars. Put them away. Age them. Come back to them two years later and try the differences. What I was hoping would happen is by having more Perique in the 20% version and in the 12% version that the perique punch that I like, the Perique flavor, would stay stronger longer. What I was wrong about is the Perique, the quantity of it, just gets really punchy at its peak, and it starts to mellow out all at the same time. So it's the Perique that's aging down and smoothing out and mellowing, and it doesn't matter how much you have in there, it happens all at the same time. I talked to a couple of friends of mine, that are in the tobacco side of the business and in the hobby side of the business. And we started kicking around the ideas of what would you do if you didn't want a blend to change or age. Now, for those of you that smoke aromatics, it's relatively simple. You don't want that blend to smooth out or age out. You just want it to marry for a year or so, and then that's the end of it. Some aromatics do benefit from aging, but the the casings and the top note flavors, you really don't want them going much more than three to five years. So you really want to get them, and this is what we this is what we all decided would most likely work for stopping the aging process. There has been old Balkan Sobrani cans that have been opened up 25, 30 years, and they taste completely different than the 50 gram tins that have been opened up of the same age. The reason they're completely different, and this is what we surmised, was the foil bag. The foil bag that the tobacco's put in is almost airtight. It's got the foil sealing, the foil protecting it from the moisture going out, and then it's also inside of a can. So what we figured we would... uh, suggest for you to try if you want to try to take a blend and stop it from aging dry the blend down a little bit because the less moisture in the in the tobacco the slower it's going to age place the tobacco in what is essentially a real high grade food grade coffee bean bag or aluminum foil good thick pieces of foil Put that bag inside a freezer vacuum-sealed bag. Get as much air out as possible. By getting as much air out as possible, you're going to slow down the aging process. So you really want to pack it tight. You want to protect the tobacco from the plastic with the foil because the plastic will start to degrade after a while and plastics all have that kind of smell that may get on them. But... We're all pretty secure in saying that that would dramatically slow down the aging process of tobaccos. I'm going to start to try it as soon as I can convince my wife to let me play around with her uh, food with her food sealer, and we'll see how it works. So I'll report back to you in about three to five years on that. All right, everybody, in just a minute, Scrap Huntington. The year was 1849. Zachary Taylor was sworn in as the 12th President of the United States. 
The U.S. flag remained fixed at 30 stars. Edgar Allan Poe was found dead in Baltimore. Congressman Abraham Lincoln patented a buoying device, the only patent ever filed by a future president. William Bond was the first person to photograph the moon through a telescope. And gold was discovered in far-off California. And in that same year, also in California, Henry Sutliff founded his small tobacco company in San Francisco, founded on the principles of giving the public superior tobacco products for those with very discriminating tastes. Now, 165 years later, that tradition continues. Sutliff Tobacco Company has been setting the standard for pipe tobacco ever since. Take a quiz on our website to have the perfect blend suggestion for your tastes. Or just browse around to explore all of the wide variety of fine products America's oldest pipe tobacco company has to offer. Lots of things have changed since 1849, but Sutliff Tobacco Company's commitment to making the finest pipe tobacco on earth has not. Visit Sutliff-Tobacco.com for information on where you can find all of your favorite blends, from the sweetest aromatics to the richest English mixtures. This is Colin Rigsby, and you're listening to the Pipes Magazine radio show. It is my pleasure, and I'm excited to welcome to the Pipes Magazine radio show a punk rock musician, guitar player, singer, body piercer, formerly. I'm not sure what else you've done, but you also live in my hometown of San Francisco. Please welcome Scrap Huntington. Yay! 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 But your entire fan club went wild there. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that was that was all of them right behind me there. <laughs> so, Scrap, tell me, where where did you grow up? Where are you from? Let's start at the beginning so everybody gets to know you. Okay. Uh, so, I actually grew up in uh, a little tiny armpit town called Elkhart in Indiana, which is probably about 40 minutes south or so. I don't, I don't know my geography. Anyway, it's close to South Bend, which is like where Notre Dame is, you know. And, uh, yeah, that's where I grew up, treading through the snow and avoiding tornadoes. And, you know, that's that's the Midwest, mid- Midwest life. Getting up early to milk the cows? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, unfortunately, I never, uh, I never got to do that, thank God. But uh, I, I probably lived in Indiana until I was, like, I want to say 17. I can't remember exactly, but um, I came to to California originally. I just uh, one day I packed up some bags and bought a Greyhound ticket. I took a a three-day Greyhound uh, adventure, if you want to call it that, (laughs) to to California. And uh, originally I was going to just come to San Francisco and, you know, because when you're that age, you're just like, I just want to play in the punk rock band. You know, and that's not going to happen in Indiana. You know, it's just not the, not the place for it. Not a big, uh, not so a big I, punk rock scene in Elkhart? No, it was pretty terrible, to be honest with you. Uh, <laughs> not, not a lot of anything there except Amish people. And, you know, I don't, I don't think they're going to want to play in a punk rock band with me. <laughs> not, not gonna happen. <laughs> so you get to you get to San Francisco with the idea that you're gonna be a musician. Yeah. Well, actually, I ended up um, in Modesto of all places. Oh wow! Am I sorry? And uh, yeah. <laughs> so when I was still in Indiana, I'd actually I'd taken an apprenticeship to become a body piercer, and so kind of once I did that first, you know, year or so. Because um, I actually started when I was 17. I don't know if that's illegal or not. Maybe it is, but in Indiana, I don't think anybody cares. Um, <laughs> anyway, um, so, you know, once I kind of completed that, I was like, oh, I have a trade. Now I can go anywhere I want and get a job. Uh, and it actually worked like that. So there's not too many, you know, professions, I think, where you can just kind of pack up bags and leave and go anywhere you want to go and have a job. Um, so actually I, I went through Modesto and to kind of make a long story short, I, I basically just stumbled into this tattoo shop and I was like, Oh yeah, I'd be piercing. And they offered me a job and I ended up staying there for a while. So 
So I ended up staying there for about um, eight years or so. And uh, so I formed this band, which is the silent majority. And it was uh, it was me and uh, Sean Yeager and Caleb Ribeiro. And Caleb is actually, uh, he, was, he was my drummer when Sean was the bass player. And Caleb's actually the guy that got me into pipe smoking. So kind of a cool little history thing there but um now this so, goes this goes back a ways and you're still you're relatively new to pipe smoking correct right so he um my drummer caleb uh he probably picked this up about a year ago and to kind of just fast forward a little bit um you know I, i'd come back from from living in the uk and he was just like man you need a hobby you know because i was just I didn't know what to do with myself, and I was kind of transitioning from, you know, being a body piercer to, you know, working in a, at a music store in, like, a retail environment as my day job. Um, He's just kind of suggesting, oh, you know, you should take a pipe smoking with me. And I was like, smoking a pipe? I don't know about that, man. And he's like, nah, just try it. Come on. And so I uh, ended up just picking up... Um, I don't know, like a twenty-five or thirty-dollar pipe from Capri, and some of this. Um, I think it was uh, Aline's Dream was the first one that I got from from Cao. Yeah, like a pipe tobacco, and uh, I smoked a bowl of that stuff, and I was like, "This is the best thing ever!" <laughs> and I was now, just hooked from there on. Now I know everybody wants to hear about pipe smoking, but I've got to ask you because you're the only body piercer that I've ever talked to. <laughs> Because I'm, I've got a couple of tattoos, but I have absolutely no piercings whatsoever. <laughs> uh, when you're learning to be a body piercer, is there like a body dummy that you get to practice on first, or do you practice with the guidance of somebody who knows what they're doing on a real human? So, uh, a little, a little bit of both. Um, technically, when when you take an apprenticeship. Um, you will, the first thing that you do, honestly, is just learn all about the sterilization techniques. So you're learning about, like, uh, the autoclave and the ultrasonic and what kind of surfactants to use. And then you got to do all your bloodborne pathogens, you know, kind of like a beauty school in a way. You know, you kind of got that whole sterile thing you have to go through. Um, and so you probably do, honestly, a little bit more of that than you do actual poking people, <laughs> uh, you know, because that's, that's a really important aspect of it. Obviously, you know, you don't want to give someone hepatitis or staph or, you know, some crazy disease like that. Um, but yep. when you're learning to do piercings, basically you just gather up your friends and start poking them. I mean, and there's, there's somebody, you know, there with you to teach you, you know, okay, this is the placement, like let's say you're doing a, a lip piercing, you know, and you, you kind of, it's really more of an experience thing, but, you know, if you have someone experienced teaching you, they're like, okay, this is the shape of the lips, so this is probably where it's going to be more comfortable, and, you know, you kind of like look on the inside and see like where their teeth are, because you don't, you know, the, the backs of the jewelry uh, on the inside of your mouth are flat, you know, and then there's like a, it's like a little T-shaped post. And, you know, you don't want to, like, put it too high up and want it gets caught on their teeth all the time and they're, like, chewing and then they bite on it. You know, there's, like, little things like that that you do have to learn. And then not to not to push the issue too much, and you can answer this yes or no, you've got to learn on all the new, all the different body parts? You do and you don't. <laughs> there's some people that just won't do certain things, and there's some people that'll do just about anything. And I've done just about everything you could possibly think of. Okay, and going back to pipe smoking. <laughs> um, hey, man, some, sometimes it was really cool. You know, sometimes there was like the, you know, the group of girls where they're just like, I want to get my nipples pierced. And you're like, radical. And then sometimes it was, the, uh, you know, kind of weird 50-year-old, uh, you know, lawyer who came in and he's like i would like to get a piercing sir and you just you just knew right then you're like oh boy here we go (laughs) okay so i can see why you left that career (laughs) um 
so your first pipe was yeah you started off with a with at least a, a with at least not a uh, not a Chinese knockoff and Eileen's dream and you had a buddy showing you how to showing you how to pack it and load it and and go from there right yeah because we actually did a lot over FaceTime because um, he he moved to Missouri with his wife uh, she she has some high end job. And, uh, so they moved to Missouri and, you know, um, we just FaceTime a lot. And so, you know, he kind of taught me about like the three step method and, you know, kind of gauging it with your finger. Like, you know, first you do like you're shaking a little baby's hand. And then the second, you know, pack is kind of like shaking a woman's hand. And then the third pack is like, you know, good stiff man shake. Yeah. Uh, so that, that was really helpful to have someone to kind of like guide me through it. Uh, that that was cool, and then you know, it's just fun because between me and him, you know, we're always kind of like looking at pipes and oh, this one's awesome, and like you know, send me a picture of this one, or I'm like, ah, I'd like to get this one. You know, <laughs> so it's kind of this cool like thing between us. So you're, have you played around with other types of tobacco styles? Yeah, so um, there's quite a few uh, that I actually have open right now, and. I, it's just such a broad variety of stuff that I have. Um, so I'm, I'm primarily like an aromatic smoker. Uh, I've tried some um, non-aromatic tobaccos, and I've really only found one that I like. I've tried maybe about eight or ten so far. And the, the one that I, I personally really liked that was a non-aro, you know, just in case there's like a non-aro I mean, an aromatic smoker out there that's like, I would like to try a non-aromatic, but I don't know what to do. Uh, I really enjoyed McClellan's uh, Tudor Castle Arcade. That was like a really good balance where it wasn't overpowering. It didn't have like that heavy Latakia thing for, for me, which was really difficult. I mean, that just my palate didn't really attach to that too well. Uh, so that one was really good, but. You know, primarily, I just I like a lot of the aromatics, and I kind of like to have a big variety. Um, my the best one that I like so far, obviously, is the Best of Show from McClellan, but I have like from you know the kind of chocolatey ones to the sort of coffee ones to the super fruit flavor ones, and for me, it's really cool because it just depends on what I'm doing. You know, in the morning, I like to smoke. Uh, some taste master because it's kind of like McClellan's chocolate blend and then I'll you know I'll make some coffee with some like you know flavored creamer stuff and it's just like this breakfast sensory overload <laughs> of like awesome flavor it's cool you know you get your pipe because I've been taking like Japanese lessons um, so I'll do this with Japanese lessons smoke a pipe and drink coffee and it's just like it's a really nice like day starter kind of routine and you're you're still you're still kind of exploring. Have you uh, have you branched out into different kinds of pipes? Yeah. So I have um, say six or seven. You know, I don't I haven't had a ton yet. I've probably been smoking a pipe maybe a little short of a year. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't have a giant collection yet. I'm working on it. Um, but I, I have like a big shape variation. You know, I have some. Um, what do you call it, like a jaw hanger, I guess. And then I have like an author and I have a tankard that I got from Sugi. And then I have like a, a Peterson's, uh, like Peewit. Um, so definitely like playing around with the different brands and uh, different shapes and styles. And I try not to pick the same pipe twice, you know, like I want to, I'm always trying to like look for a different shape, you know, are you I just, are you finding that the tobaccos work work or taste differently in different pipes? Absolutely. You know, um, I don't know why. I can't explain it to you. But uh, the sugi that I had, if if I'm smoking like a kind of a, I guess you call it fruity, like aromatic out of it, fantastic. I smoke anything else out of it, and I'm just like, eh. <laughs> it's just it's not as good as like some of the other ones. But if I smoke the best of show out of my like Sabinelli. You know, it's like, oh man, this is the greatest thing ever. So it's I don't understand the, how that works, like principle wise, but it's really cool. You know, it's just each pipe has its own 
it's like own little marriage of what kind of tobacco that it wants to let you smoke out of it. <laughs> and now I, I got to ask you because you live right in San Francisco and we in the rest of the country hear all kinds of anti-smoking laws and stuff like that coming out of California. You're able to smoke in your, uh, in your apartment. I am actually. So I do smoke in my house. Um, actually nobody complains about it. In fact, um, the, the building manager, uh, all the time is like, Oh, it smells so good. I love it. It smells like, <laughs> You know, baking cookies or Snickers or whatever, you know, <laughs> snack food combination that he comes up with. He's uh, always will... hungry. <laughs> I kind of get that too, though, man. You smoke some of those things, and it really does smell like a baking cookie. Just like <laughs> munchies. Um, one thing I will say about that is uh, in San Francisco, it is a pretty hardcore ban on smoking in public places. And, you know, because I used to smoke cigarettes, and I would get really annoyed. Uh, I still do. I try not to, you know, push the issue with the pipe because I don't want to give that impression of the pipe smoker being the jerk. So when I'm I'm smoking a pipe, I try to be, like, more aware of that. But before, there's just, like, you can't smoke in any open area parks. Like, uh, I'm sure you're kind of familiar with, like... uh, a Union Square. Yeah. Okay, so even in Union Square, which is it's out in the open, it's you know it's not like enclosed area. It's just outside, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, they have like these little security guard people that walk around, and they'll they'll you know call the cops on you for smoking in this public park place. But the thing that kind of gets me is. You can smoke weed there and nobody cares. So <laughs> if you're a dirty hippie and you're you're smoking a blunt, I mean they just walk right by you. And even the cops do that too. And there was a there's a place here in San Francisco called the Metreon, and there's a park behind the Metreon. The, the Metreon's like a little ball plaza place. And there's a park, it's like Yerba Buena Park or something. And uh, I've actually experienced that where I got scolded for smoking in this park by a cop and then as i was walking out of the park there's like a big group of hippie kids who were just sitting there smoking weed so Wait a minute. so in a city <laughs> where it's sense. in a city where it's not illegal to be naked it is <laughs> shunned upon to smoke tobacco out of a pipe but we're going to take a break right here when we come back we're going to talk about music and then more pipes and all that stuff so stick with us we'll be back in just a minute Thank you for calling SmokingPipes.com. This is Barry. How can I help you? Meet Barry. He's our homegrown, all-American family guy in customer service here at SmokingPipes.com. With 25 years of experience in sales, his dedication to customer service makes Barry pretty handy around here. He's on the phone all day helping customers like you from all over the globe pick out great pipes and pipe tobacco. Ciao, Barry. Tell me about your selection of a Savinelli autograph. Don't you know I saw that list of tobacco you carry online there? Maybe you could help me pick out a good Virginia, eh? You see, we hire not only the best people, we hire people who are as passionate about our products as you are. Just ask Barry why he loves his job at SmokingPipes.com. Because I don't just help people choose from our great selection of pipes, I smoke them. Call us at 1-888-366-0345 or check us out online at SmokingPipes.com. We are quality, we are experts, we are SmokingPipes.com. This is Internet Radio. We are back. Scrap, you touched on it uh, briefly about the band. Tell us all about the Silent Majority. All right. So uh, Silent Majority is uh, it's like a pop punk kind of a band. You know, you could... Um, I try to keep it more like... Uh, I guess you could refer to it as Green Day. I don't want to hesitate too much there with Green Day, but, you know, a lot of people hate the band. A lot of people like the band, but it's that quintessential kind of pop punk catchy um influence you know sounds a lot like old lookout records kind of bands uh, maybe somebody out there might remember lookout records but they were like a small label here in uh, berkeley california but 
they had Green Day and Rancid and Operation Ivy and Mr. T Experience, which, you know, are kind of like bigger, bigger bands. A lot of like kind of big name punk rock bands came to the lookout. And that was kind of the, the influence, you know, for Silent Majority was that like East Bay kind of pop punk sound. You know, I really, I really wanted that. And, but I also really like shred guitar. <laughs> and uh, I, you know, Paul Gilbert and Joe Satriani and Matthias Elkland and, you know, Ingvay Malmsteen's kind of a douchebag, so I don't really want to plug him too much. But uh, <laughs> him and his, like, thing, he's always bragging about having a Ferrari. Like, who cares, man? <laughs> like, you play guitar, dude. Shut up. Anyway, um, <laughs> so I kind of wanted to like mush those two together as close as possible. It, you can't have like a five minute wank solo in a in a punk song. It just doesn't work. So I try to kind of like smush those two together as much as I possibly could, and still have like you know a short, fast, catchy Ramones kind of song with some some kind of solo or some kind of something I can pull off a couple of squealies in there maybe a dive bomb or some finger tapping or something, you know? So I try to like keep it interesting and, you know, not just like the same three chords, every song. You sent us, you sent me a song to play and I'm going to play it later. Tell us about the song. Okay. So the, the song I sent you was McGillicuddy. And a lot of people, when they first hear it, um, they actually think it's about a girl, but it's not about a girl at all. It's actually about Jameson Whitney. And, you know, so the lyrics are like, I fell in love with this little Irish girl. And it was basically just a period of when uh, we were touring, and that's pretty much all I did was just drink Jameson. <laughs> <laughs> and so I, like, wrote the song about, like, you know, I'm going to hold you all through the night, and, you know, I love you. And, you know, it's just this kind of funny, like, song that you think might be, like, one of those pop-punk girl songs, but... Uh, my slang term for Jameson is Jamie McGillicuddy, kind of a play on like me being Irish and drinking whiskey. <laughs> so I kind of have that like Irish slang term thing going on. Uh, and so I kind of dubbed it Jamie McGillicuddy and wrote a song about me drinking whiskey all the time. <laughs> uh, you said you tour. Do you tour? Do you guys tour often? I used to. It used to play a lot. I haven't, um, you know, because I'd lived in, in Brighton, England for a while, and I, I had done some shows in Europe. Um, it, it was really easy to hire people, and then, because travel is so cheap in Europe, you know, you can take EasyJet or Ryanair or Eurostar or whatever, and you can go just about anywhere you want to. And so, you know, you go play Basel, Switzerland, make 500 euros, you know, after paying everyone and you know that that was awesome that was a lot of fun um here in the u.s i've been doing like maybe 33 states i think um so i've definitely done like my share of you know putzing around and and playing shows but i haven't for probably about three years or so give or take because you know i was over there doing stuff, and then I came back here. I've, I've been back for about maybe a year and a half, two years or so, uh, back in California. And you and lost, you lost just, the accent brilliantly. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you know, funny funny quick story is uh, I used to work at a tattoo shop in, in Hove, which is right beside Bright Bay Council, and there was, because legal age in uh, England is 16. It's not 18. So I'd have these, like, 16-year-old girls that would come in to get pierced, uh, and they would just bring all their friends, and they would want me to say things in my, like, California-American accent, you know? <laughs> And they're just like, will you say this? And will you say that? Oh, that's well good, isn't it, mate? You know, it's like, I don't know. There's, there's some funny things about England, like, uh, you ever seen the Ali G show? No. Okay, so I'm sure some listeners out there have probably seen Ali G, but it, it's like this sketch comedy with Sasha Baron Cohen or Cohen okay. Baron, whatever his name is. The guy that did, like, you know, Borat and all that stuff. Yeah. 
So he plays this character. His name's Ali G, and he's what you call a chav. And so in England, it's kind of like it stands for council housed and violent, and it's kind of like a these kids that either totally like, you know, white ginger kids that kind of act like Jamaican gangsters. (laughs) And so they have like this English and like Jamaican accent that's like really popular over there. And they're like, job blood. I was like, well, good. You know what I mean? But with an English accent at the same time, it is the most bizarre thing I've ever heard. And some of those like, 16-year-old girls or kids will talk like that. I'm just like, what are you saying? <laughs> I was like, you want me to, you know, have my accent? How about I give you some things to say? <laughs> so where can where can the listeners go to hear more of your music and to buy it? So actually, all, all the music is free. I don't charge for any music. I try to keep it punk rock, try to keep it DIY. There will be an album coming out uh, this summer. It's called Exhausting All Resources. Uh, That will be available on iTunes. uh, But I'm also going to put it on to Pirate Bay. So if you don't want to pay for it, don't. Download from Pirate Bay. Uh, If you do want to support the band, if you like the music, you know, if you're into punk rock, you know, buy it from iTunes. Or, you know, uh, you can email uh, the silent majority at iCloud.com. You can ask for CDs or whatever, and you know, I'll send them. Be happy to send them to you. Um, they're five bucks each. But um, you can always go on to uh, Pirate Bay. We have a Facebook that's uh, facebook.com backslash silent majority punks with an X. So it's P U N X. And you can listen to just about everything on there. We got a SoundCloud that's, you know, SoundCloud, the silent majority. You can listen to most of the, the songs on there for free and download them for free. Um, so you can download them from the Facebook, download them from the SoundCloud. Um, it should be available on Pirate Bay, or you can just email me, and I'll be happy to send you all the albums. Um, if you want to pay for them, that's cool, but I don't expect people to do that because I remember being a broke kid you know, in the record store, like thumbing through records I wish I could buy. <laughs> so I was like, when I'm in a band, I'm never going to charge people for this. This is crap. <laughs> so I try to try to keep to that as much as I can. And then you also play locally in San Francisco. I do. I actually have um, a show tonight. The show that I'm playing tonight is kind of like a, a invite only because there's only so many people. It's in the basement of an old hotel on Bush Street, and uh, you know, for safety reasons or whatever, you know, I can only have so many people. So it's kind of like a guest list thing. But uh, we do play. And uh, so if you're out in San Francisco or the East Bay area, you know, um, you can always check our Facebook or the, we have a Twitter also that's Silent Majority and the I is a one and the O is a zero. So it's just at Silent Majority. And, you know, we'll, we'll post like the, the days that we play and things uh, on that Twitter or Facebook. And then you also do a podcast. I do. Uh, I do do a podcast. I've been doing uh, the podcast since about 2004-ish or so. I don't remember exactly when it started, but uh, it's just an underground show about random stuff. And it's called Silent Majority's Pirate Podcast. And uh, it's I try to keep it as weekly as possible. Sometimes I just get so busy, I don't even have time to take a leak. <laughs> but... Um, <laughs> Got time to smoke a pipe, though, always. That is scheduled in there no matter what. Uh, But it's a show just about, like, anything underground. Like, I did uh, a radio show. This last episode was about Mystery Science Theater 3000. I don't know if you remember that show. Yeah. uh, Yeah, it's just, like, kind of underground and, like, low budget. But it was it's a cult hit. Like, so many people love that show. But, you know, in its own way, it's kind of like a punk rock iteration of a TV show where it's just low budget and, you know, the, the Joel Hodgson, the guy that built all the little puppets from, like, home stuff, you know, around his house. And it was just cool things like that. And then the episode before that was, like, a Christmas thing that we did about different Christmas traditions, like how they uh, will order KFC two weeks out for Christmas dinner in Japan. It's a big thing over there, <laughs> which I thought was weird. But... So, and that's on iTunes also? Yes, 
yeah, the the radio show podcast, is Silent Majority's Pirate Podcast, is on iTunes. So you can go in there and subscribe, and you can like it or hate it or whatever you want to do. And then also in your full time, you work. Uh, your full time job is you work selling guitars. Yep, I, I work at a, a guitar store here in the in the city uh, downtown. And that's pretty much what I do. You know, um, when I was looking for a day job, I, I just I had to find something that I didn't hate because um, I was kind of trying to, like, find something else to supplement some income because body piercing is just, you know, in San Francisco is ridiculous. You know, there's just no way you can make a living anymore because so many shops have opened up. It just it drives the price down. I mean, there's like 40 tattoo shops in San Francisco. You know, it's just ridiculous. And so that because there's so many shops so close together, you know, kind of it's like competition and throat biting and drives the price down. And you, you can't live in this city doing $25, $30 piercings. It just doesn't make sense. So I had to, like, try to get a day job. And I, I worked at a Starbucks for, like, a month and a half, and that was the worst <laughs> thing I have ever done in my life. Yeah, that, that place sucks. <laughs> I'm not. And after working there, I'm just like. I never want to drink a cup of Starbucks coffee ever again. Why would you? Um, in San Francisco, you've got Pete's. Oh, uh, yeah. Well, there's Pete's coffee. There's actually a better one that's a local thing here. It's called Bill's Coffee, like P-H-I-L-Z. And they do, like, Turkish pour-overs. And the guy, like, roasts all his own beans. And they they do this cool thing where it's a pour-over, and then they have, like, manufacturing cream, and then they shake it all together. Man, that is unlike any other coffee I've ever had in my life. And that's just like the toe curler. You know, you drink it and you're like, oh, that's so good. <laughs> wow. <laughs> sounds, yeah. sounds better than my uh, Mr. Coffee drip. <laughs> Maybe. Uh, but, you know, that, that place is cool because it's like, you know, local. There's only it's just in San Francisco and there's like a couple locations. Um, but anyway, like I was you know, looking for a second thing, and I just happened to go to this guitar store, and I was like, gave them a resume, and they called me back, and, you know, I, I got bugged them a couple of times about it, and they were nice enough just to be like, yeah, okay, you know, we need a we need a guitar person to sell guitars, and so I, I sell, you know, lots of very expensive guitars to people that I wish I could beat. <laughs> I know the feeling. Same thing happens in the pipe world. I want every pipe, and I can't afford them all. Yeah, <laughs> some people come in; they'll just they'll drop so much money on a guitar, and it's funny because sometimes you'll get people that have never played a guitar; they don't know how to play at all, right? And they'll come in and, for example, an acoustic guitar, and they'll buy a Martin D28, which is like a you know twenty-three to twenty-five hundred dollar guitar. And they're just like, yeah, I want this one. It's like the first guitar ever. Well, I'm just thinking to myself, you know, I'm just like, man, it was like a hundred bucks the first one I got, and it was terrible. <laughs> so fair. Yeah, but that Martin <laughs> guitar in San Francisco, that's only a month's rent on a small apartment. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's, that's you know, totally true. It, it's crazy. There's. All right, let's, before we started recording, you had some questions for me. So since you're relatively new to the pipe world, I thought I'd... Uh... Give you a chance to fire off some questions. Yeah, actually. <laughs> um, I guess really my my question, I know you did a show about this, but uh, I've, I've had so many different opinions from people. Is just like the, the lighter versus a Zippo versus, you know, using matches um, when you're lighting your pipe. I mean, I, I kind of know what I like, but, you know, just as your opinion is, do you think that there's one that's like better for lighting or my my great grandfather smoked a pipe smoked Granger rough cut in whatever pipe he happened to buy at the drugstore and he always used a zippo so I always correlate a zippo with pipe smoking I don't use a zippo um I just use the 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 jeep lighters that are you know two bucks and you throw them away um but I know people that swear by their uh, their matches too because that's how they like to smoke them and yeah it just depends on your personal style and what works for you how's that for a non-answer yeah, 
I'm kind of a match guy, I'll admit. I, I like the matches. I don't know why. There's just something about it that it just, for me, it just feels like more control. You know what I mean? I don't feel like I'm, like, burning the dickens out of the pipe. Um, the other thing, you know, for me, because I, I actually smoke a lot. Uh, I, I probably smoke, I don't know, five, six, seven bowls a day. No joke. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. I, I actually will get a lot of tongue bites sometimes, and it doesn't matter whether I'm using a filter or not a filter. Sometimes I'll have to take like a little bit of a break because it's just like I feel like I have a a dried piece of salami in my mouth. Um, what I mean is it like a specific style of of smoking that gets gets the tongue bite, or like what causes that, or how can you not have that? Knowing what you smoke, it's probably the moisture and the flavoring on the aromatics and the fact that you're smoking them a lot. You're getting that steam coming off of the off of the aromatics. I would say two things. Um, well, three things. Pack, pack the bowl a little looser than what you're doing right now. Smoke a lot slower than what you're doing right now, which would be... You know, puff on the bowl for about two, three minutes, set the pipe down for 10, 15, 20 minutes, come back to it, light it, go again. And by virtue of doing that, I think the third thing will happen, uh, dry down the tobacco a little bit. And that'll help get some of the moisture out. Because it sounds like to me like you're taking the, the cigarette puffing mentality and turning it over to a pipe and five to seven bowls through the day is a lot of consistent smoke and you're probably getting it too hot too fast okay and then when, when you're drying tobacco when, when you're talking about that like what do you do you just leave it out yeah set it out on a flat surface and just keep going back to it to feel it and i get my okay. tobacco down to the point where it's almost crunchy i guess i was afraid to do that because i was like oh i don't want it to get too dry because i'll get tongue bites but I no, guess that's the, not... the tongue bites from the moisture yeah, so you <clears throat> had no idea. <laughs> yeah, it's exactly opposite of what you would think. All right, anything um, else before I'm, we wrap it up? No, honestly, that's about it, man. All right, you get the fast five final questions. No right answer, no wrong answer. Are you ready? <laughs> I'm ready. Let's do it. What's your favorite pipe? Uh, so I have two answers to that one. Um, so the Savinelli Author that I have is probably... My favorite, but I also have this uh, Peterson Army Mount P-Lip that my uh, friend bought me for Christmas. And so that's like a very sentimental, you know, kind of thing. That was like a really nice thing for him to do. So I would have to say those two. Peterson uh, Army Mount P-Lip and a Savinelli author. And you're Irish, so you have to say Peterson. Yeah. <laughs> What's your favorite tobacco? My favorite tobacco is Best of Show from McClellan. And what's your favorite drink? Uh, I'm actually going to have to say coffee while I'm smoking my pipe. Um, drinking whiskey and smoking is just not a good combination. <laughs> I don't like to drink just one. <laughs> and when it's time to relax, is it a book, a movie, or music if you've got any time to relax? <laughs> uh, I'm going to be honest, man. You know, you'd think the answer would be music, but uh, I'm actually kind of a book nerd. <laughs> <laughs> the the punk rock anti uh, anti answer. Yeah, exactly. See, <laughs> I'm getting in it. I got it. I'm getting into it. Uh, finally, <laughs> in the short time that you've been smoking a pipe, any uh, any favorite memories so far? Yeah, actually, there was two. Um, one was uh, I'd actually like hurt my back really bad, and I was like stuck in bed for a week, and uh. When I was stuck in bed, I ordered a, a Sugi pipe and some, like, different tobaccos. And uh, the building manager actually brought it up to me, you know, and then, like, set it in my lap. And it was just, like, it was so cool to have that, just being, like, laid up. And I know that sounds kind of strange as a pipe memory, but it was just, like, it's not fun to have, like, a messed up back. And, you know, it was just, like, a really nice thing to do. It was just, like... It's just a relief to, like, relax and, like, smoke a pipe and be like, ah, all is well in the world now. <laughs> and then the other one is, um, so 
uh, every year in San Francisco, they put up this gigantic, like, huge, like, three-year, five-story Christmas tree in the Bank of America Plaza. And uh, so that would probably have to be the other one. It's just taking my Savinelli down there and, like, crawling up, like, under the tree <laughs> and uh, sitting there and just smoking the pipe and listening to uh, a Twisted Sisters Christmas album. And you were not inspiration for me playing Twisted Sister before yeah. Christmas. I had it all lined up and all ready to go. Yeah. I love it. I, I listen to that album every year. It's still on my iPhone. Scrap, thank you for joining us. Everybody hang on in just a few minutes. We'll play one of his uh we'll play one of his songs. So thanks for being with us. We'll be back in just a minute. Signore, scusi per favore, but what is that intoxicating and delicious aroma coming from your pipe? Oh, uh, this is Molto Dolce, my all-time favorite blend from Sutliff Tobacco. Do you like it? I found it on SutliffMoltoDolce.com. Do you mind if I try? Oh, signore, this truly is Molto Dolce. So charming that you even speak my language as it is truly very sweet. <laughs> just like you, I am sure. I can just taste the warm caramel and sweet dripping honey gushing through my mouth. Oh, and even better, the rich vanilla flavor plays so well with the other tastes over my tongue. Pure heaven! Mi piace moltissimo, mi amore. Can't you see it, signore? I can see it. I can see it. And, signore, best of all, no tongue bite. Grazie un milione for the pipe, signore. Hey! Sutliff Tobacco Company will not be held responsible for any loss of one's favorite pipe customers may experience when smoking our delicious Malta Dolce blend in public. Welcome back. I know I've said it before and I'll say it again. You know, one of the best things of this hobby is the uh, diverse people that are in it and how we're all connected by this uh, one, little, uh, one little passionate thing that we do called smoking a pipe. So... For the first time ever, a real punk rock song will be played on the Pipes Magazine radio show. Here is the silent majority.
drink to that that's scrap huntington silent majority check out their uh, facebook page listen to the music download it for free what can be a better deal than that all right so remember uh, a couple weeks ago we said be a part of the pipes magazine radio show and here's the post that went up on january 29th on pipesmagazine.com it says, we would like to invite our listeners to be part of the Pipes Magazine radio show by sending in your own audio files. You can record an audio clip on your smartphone, tablet, laptop, or desktop and send it to us via email. Some ideas for the recordings can be as follows. One, a fake tobacco review. Make up a fake tobacco blend, tell us the name of it, and make a silly review about it. Two, the dumbest tobacco blend ever. Create a dumb tobacco blend, name it, and tell us what's in it. Three, the dumbest thing you've ever done with a pipe. Four, your favorite pipe smoking memory. Yes, question number five of the Fast Five final questions. Five, idea number five, reactions of anti-smokers to you smoking a pipe. Six, questions about pipes and tobaccos or anything personal that you want to ask Brian or even Kevin. Don't ask Kevin. Uh, well, we asked, and so far, the bar has been set high because... This was sent in by listener Bob Bittner. Many of history's greatest discoveries happened by accident. That's the case with Leaf Laboratory's truly unique new pipe tobacco, Vampire Virginia. Here is Leaf's master blender, P.T. Gumby, with the story on this groundbreaking blend. One day when I was preparing a finicky flake for my pipe, I found that folding and stuffing was not working. Scissors were useless, so I pulled out my exacto knife and began to slice away. Within a minute, I had cut myself severely. Later, after the paramedics had left and I had regained consciousness, I realized my flake was now quite moist and beautifully crimson in color. I discovered it was the smoothest, richest tobacco I had ever smoked. And our customers agree. Well, I gotta tell y'all, I don't usually care me much for them Red Virginias, but there's just something special about this Vampire Virginia. I can't get enough. We think you'll agree. Visit your favorite tobacconist and pick up your own tin of this one-of-a-kind blend. Vampire Virginia, rich in flavor, high in iron. But don't delay. Supplies are limited. Vampire Virginia. It never bites. I wonder if they're going to expand the line to type A, type B, and maybe a type O, Vampire Virginia. Anyway, wonderful submission from Bob. That was really creative. Very well done. Everybody get get your, get your gear together and get your minds going. It's a bar set really high, and I look forward to hearing what everybody else has got to Submit. What's this? A letter for me. Let's get through a couple of things from the mailbag really quick here because I'm running late. Uh, first of all, yes, I figured out my playback for my own albums on my Android phone. Thank you. Apparently this new phone does have that option to play everything in uh, track order. And that is wonderful. I'm thrilled with that. So thank you all for pointing that out. Uh, Jody Davis is making pipes part-time when he's home, when he's not out on the road with the band. So out 150 nights, that means he's only got time to make about 35, 40 pipes a year. So still kind of a half-time job for him. Um, on the front page of the radio show for this episode, you will see pictures from the brand newly minted uh, Guinea West Africa Pipe Club. If you remember back to when Jack Carlos visited with us, the pipes that we solicited, the pipes and tobaccos, made it over to West Africa a couple months ago. We got some pictures back, and you can take a look at those pictures of uh, 
the new pipe club going on there, all courtesy of listeners from you fine folks out there and donations sent to Jack. Uh, thank you to everybody that enjoyed the Escudo Challenge, uh, Big Van, all those guys. Yeah, that was that was difficult. I did put a lot of work into it. I tried really hard to kind of clear my head of it and give a good, honest point of view of it. And I was personally surprised that the seven-year-old stuff just wasn't hitting it for me. Uh, Big Van, I was a vinyl guy until we got rid of almost all the LPs and upgraded all the way to CDs. Sorry. And J.H. Hicks and Spartan both commented that the audio levels on the radio show seemed to be lower than other podcasts. Yeah, I did a little bit of listening to it myself, too. And I noticed that when I moved them over to my Android phone and used Podkicker that our levels are lower. I did listen on iTunes and compared it with a couple other podcasts, the same ones that I bring over to my Android. And they're about the same uh, on my Android phone, there is a ear sensitivity setting that automatically compresses some of the volume, so I went in and deactivated that. That helped a little bit. We've kind of set this level to for prim- primarily for people that are listening to it on speakers, and we didn't want to hurt any ears, especially with some of the uh, some of the bumpers and all the noise clips in and out. So I can't boost it up much more without starting to hurt some people so sorry about that try checking your settings on the android phone see if you can turn off that automatic noise leveling on there all right everybody rant time coming up next this is internet radio there's nothing quite like a good book or my genuine missouri meerschaum corncob pipe an american legend since 1869 it's the coolest smoothest pipe i've ever owned See for yourself at corncobpipe.com. Do you need a reliable source for ordering pipes and tobacco? Do you find it difficult to get your favorite blends outside of the U.S.? Fournoggins.com stocks all of your favorite pipes and tobaccos and ships all over the world. All forms of payment are accepted and orders are processed the same day. There are no worries when ordering from Fournoggins.com. Fournoggins.com is your source for all of your pipes and tobacco needs. We ship in the U.S. and international with no worries. Fournoggins.com for all of your pipes and tobacco needs. This rant is a simple, quick rant to those people that invented simple things that help us every day. And as many of you know, I bought a car recently. It's a 1997. I'm enjoying it. It's doing wonderfully. It's really comfortable. A lot of fun to drive. But there's a couple of things that 1997 they hadn't figured out yet that I was used to with my 2005. One of which is the little triangle by the fuel gauge that pointed to which side the fuel cap was on the car. Yeah, 1997, apparently they figured that you had to remember where the fuel, where the gas tank is. No little triangle. Uh, The other thing that I'm missing, that I don't have on a 1997, that I did have on a 2005, was the little leash on the fuel cap, on the gas cap. Nah, this gas cap, you unscrew it and then it's got a little spot to hang it inside the door. But I missed that little leash that you would dangle on the side of the car, and that way you knew that if the if you didn't put the cap on, you heard it banging around. So, a salute to those people in the world that have created the simple little things in life that help us every day, that make things easier for us every day. I salute you. The little triangle on the fuel filler, on the fuel tank. So you know what I did. I took a little piece of a uh, little piece of a post-it note, stuck it right on there, made a little triangle out of it, put it right by the uh, right by the fuel gauge. That way, it reminded me. Now I've gotten over it. It's been two months, three months that I've had the car, and I know that it's to the left. So there you go. All right, couple of things coming up. Couple of things coming up. One International Pipe Smoking Day in two weeks. Got a special show planned for that. 
It'll be at 8 p.m. Eastern time on Thursday, February 20th. We'll be at our normal time, normal day, special International Pipe Smoking Day episode. I'm working hard on that one. I'm thinking you all will enjoy that. Also, on PipesMagazine.com, my friend Steve Morissette's new article has appeared. The first one is out, The Gentleman Smoker. Check that out. It's on the front page. There's also a great article by... Uh, Fred Brown, the winds of change are blowing. Might have to do with a little bit of that Seattle versus Denver football game. Anyway, and the second part of uh, Pipe Smoke's archives has been posted, so check out the front page of PipesMagazine.com. Make sure and leave us a feedback or a rating on iTunes if you haven't done that already. We would certainly appreciate that. Like the Pipes Magazine radio show on Facebook. Follow me on Facebook. Do all that stuff. Got any comments or questions, post them right there in the forums. I hope you all have a wonderful evening, a great weekend. I want to say thank you to Sutliff Tobacco Company. Thank you to Scrap for joining me. And until next time. The clouds when we're together. Just sing a song and think about sunny weather. Happy What are you people? On dope?